So I'm here with James Graves, um, Aptiv Pest Control. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about your story. What it what got you started in this door to door space? Yeah. Um, so I had heard a little bit about it as I started my college career. I took a two year break. I did my Mormon mission. Uh, when I got home from that, I was really interested in learning more about the industry. And so I went to all the different companies I could find interviewing. And uh, I eventually stumbled upon Aptiv, who I'm with now, um, and have been with them ever since. Um, getting into it, uh, my first year before I started Summer Sales, I had three part-time jobs. I was taking 18 credit hours. Uh, I had a, a calling in my, in my church that took a lot of my time. And so as far as fun or dating or social life, weekends, I didn't have any time for me. It was all work, 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 work. And I I knew there was a better way. And so, like I said, I went around interviewing so I could find that better way. And and I found it in this industry. Cool. Um, So your journey in the industry, what do you sell your first summer? So first summer was 307. 307. In comparison to average pest control guys... Uh, currently, in the year of 2016, average for our company was 167. Okay. I think average industry-wide in pest control is probably 120. So you did triple triple what most guys would do your first year. And then what was your best year, and what year was that? Uh, in 2013, 14. In 2014, I did 701. Wow. That was my best year in the industry, too. Good work on it. Good boy. <laughs> um, so... We must have just had something in the water in 2014. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> um, so 700 and, uh, 701. Yeah. Um, man, I remember one year I did 298. It's huge. <laughs> so I just didn't. I did. Well, I didn't. Like you oh, just you at least you just more. padded the. Yeah, it's like I'm like oh, I didn't really hit it, but you at least finished with the one. I like that. I gotta tell you, I, I finished with 700, and when I got back home. I called my mom and I was like, "Hey, mom, you want pest control? I need one more." <laughs> it's your last so, sale. She was my last one. She was seven hundred one. When you hit seven hundred, did you yeah. just be like, "Okay, peace, I'm out"? Like that's exactly okay. what I did. That's what I figured. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so now, where are you at in Active? Like, what do you? What's your role now? What do you do? Yeah, uh, regional manager of sales. Uh, so I've got several teams under me. How many teams you got? I should know that exact number. <laughs> I don't. Depends on what, how, how many start, right? It's That's kinda, exactly I right. I think I have this many. Really, we'll find out April yeah. 20th. It'll be know. somewhere between 18 and 28. <laughs> oh, it's a big gap. <laughs> That's why. 18 yeah. and 20. So yeah. bodies, roughly, this year, how many do you think? About 360. 360 yeah. bodies. Mm-hmm. Man, how many phone calls a day do you get? <laughs> It's funny you say that because it just started vibrating. <laughs> exactly. Uh, lots. Lots. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I met you back in 2014. We both right after our, we right killed, after our our, killed our summers. Right after our summers. And you had how many guys in that time? Um, at that time, I was somewhere between 50 and 60. So in the last two years, really, because we haven't even started 17, you've added 300, I mean, yeah, yeah, 300. 300 people. Yeah. So that's amazing. Like that's it's it's unreal. Even for me, it's hard to believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just putting your head around that, it's like holy cow. And yeah. where are the most of the guys located? Are they just here in Utah? Are they in Idaho? Like are they so, just all over? So the biggest group is along what we call the I fifteen corridor. You know, okay. from Rexburg down to St. George. Okay, that's the majority of our people. Uh, but I've got a little hub uh, on the East Coast. 
Yeah. Uh, we've got about, I think, 50 guys out there. Cool. Yeah. What do you feel like has been your greatest success in this industry? I mean, everybody ranks their success differently, but what would you say was your greatest? Um, I would say the longevity of my career. <laughs> longevity. You're this still there. Is, hey, you started rare. with one pest control and you stayed at one. It's, That's impressive. It's rare. it's rare in the yeah. industry. Uh, and maintaining uh, the energy to go that long and to knock as long as I've done it's it's pretty rare and I still feel motivated I still feel hungry I still feel healthy and so I'm still able to continue to go so do you still go out and sell I do yeah what's your goal this year 500 oh okay no big deal I managed 360 guys I'll still throw in 500 pest control no big deal gotta do it now let me ask you this have you found that you've worked with some people that feel like oh I've got it made I don't need to really go sell anymore in your position like has that ever been tempting? Um, rephrase. Meaning like there's a lot of guys in this industry that feel like, oh, I'm managing 30 guys. I don't need to knock anymore. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, are you asking if that's a is that temptation common? for yeah, me? Is that, a, is that a temptation now where you're at? So it is common. Um, I, haven't, I haven't gotten there quite yet. Uh, one of the, I guess, strengths slash weaknesses that I possess is if I'm not progressing, I'm not happy. And so I, I've progressed my region, I've grown the number of reps I have underneath me and all that. But if I'm not doing everything I can to push my progression, I'm like, what's the point? Yeah. And so I'm still able, I'm still healthy, yeah. I'm still mobile. Obviously healthy. I'm still capable. And so at this point, even though I could probably stop knocking, why? Yeah. No, that's cool. It's no. an extra, what, 200, 300,000 if I get out on the doors. Yeah, like it's like I feel like a lot of people in this industry they cut themselves short because they feel like, oh, I made it. I'm a regional. I'm a manager. Yeah. Like, and, and the common phrase is, I don't have to knock anymore. Yeah, and like, it, what does that mean? Yeah, it's like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, um, cool. So, what? Who who have been some of your mentors along this journey, or who do you see as a mentor? Uh, well, there's been there's been a few. Um, first and foremost, I would say Chase Williams. Uh, he he's the one that got me into the company. He's we were, the one that's been there by my side. <laughs> so side note, we were talking earlier, and you were saying that when you first met him, how'd you, how was that first impression on him? I just thought he was a goof. Like I, I didn't see myself being able to follow his leadership style. I just thought he was too goofy for me, and I was wrong. Yeah. He's now great. you now you just said the first guy came to your mind. He's a mentor. That's he awesome. is. He's great. He. Uh, I feel more love from him than anybody. The, the guy is just a caring, caring guy. And nice thing about him, too, is that he's a phenomenal salesman. He's a phenomenal recruiter. He's a great investor with the money that he's made. And so all of the things that are important to me from a, a business side or from a fiscal side, financial side, I feel very confident and comfortable with the advice that he gives and the mentoring that he gives. Cool. Yeah. So... Um, if one big takeaway from him, what would it be? What would be your main takeaway? Care for your people. Okay, cool. Not just by words, but by deeds. Um, okay, so where where do you see higher uh, education or like where or from whom mm. do you continue to expand and grow like you talked about well, and educate yourself? I'm going to kind of circumnavigate the question a little bit. Okay. No, you're fine. <laughs> okay, so I think continued education is extremely important. And the reason behind that is because you, whoever you are, you are your most lucrative asset. Because I'll ask you the question. Who makes Sam Taggart the most money? I do. Sam Taggart makes Sam Taggart the most money. So why would you not invest 
in your most valuable asset, right? Yeah. And how do you invest in your most valuable asset? That's education. Yeah. Whether it's sales education, investment education, whatever it may be. So I'm, I'm a big, big proponent of education. Cool. And what do you do? Like, how do you continue to educate yourself right now? Reading, podcasts, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, seminars, all, all, all those kinds of things. If you were to give your three favorite, like, man... I read this book or I went to this seminar. Uh-huh. Like what would you what would you be your highly recommended way for somebody that's watching this to to get educated and where to start if they're looking? So I feel I feel like a lot of the lessons I learn aren't necessarily from sales directed books. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are. Uh, and so I'll, I'll I'll go with the sales one first and I think it's classic, I think it's cliché, but I think everybody should know it and implement every teaching always. And it's how to win friends and influence people. Cool. I think it's awesome. Um, another one from a psycho- psychological standpoint, and I think would be just as important as that book, if not even more important, is The Happiness Advantage. Love it. You've read it. Yeah. It's awesome. Both great books. Um, and then uh, Unbreakable. Okay. You've probably seen the movie. Uh-huh. Have you read the book? Uh-uh. Better than the movie. Okay. Uh, but the grit that he shows throughout that movie and just staying mentally strong, because that's what saved him on the boat, was just being mentally strong. And I think that's what will save a lot of people's summers, is that same mental strength. Yeah. And so that's that's one of the lessons I learned from that book. And what's been one of your favorite uh, seminars or uh, events or something that you've maybe gone to that you've sought after that you've maybe has impacted you? Um, honestly, the, the most... Seminars that I've been to have been real estate investment seminars. So, That's awesome, though. So like, they're not as applicable to this job necessarily, but, but they, but they are, are post yeah. job. Yeah. Uh, so I actually ended up joining a community called the Renatas Community. Mm-hmm. It's an education, a real estate investment education, and so all the seminars and, and classes that I've gone to with that have been awesome, just awesome. Because commonly in this industry. These college kids, these young guys, go make six figures and, and blow it. And, yeah, it's like it's, like, it's wild. And yeah. so, what yeah. have you? So, have you found real estate's been a fun niche for you to super fun kind of play with? And yeah, have you found a good return on that? Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, so I've had rentals. Um, I've flipped a few homes. I'm about to buy a fourplex this month. So it's just yeah. been really fun. And yeah, everything's been positive cash flow. That's awesome. I've never lost out on real estate. And it's because you spent some time learning about it. Before you have you to learn it. about it. Yeah, don't don't go in blind. Do not go in blind. Cool. I, I made that mistake my first house. Did you? Realtor, literally. He sold me the house. I tried to call him because he lied about these three things. And he just disappears. I'm like, ah. Because I just found him online. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. realtor. Cool. Call that one. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to buy a house. I made some money. Like, yeah. No, that's cool. So what habits have you developed that you feel... Like maybe let's just talk in the last year, you know, that have really kind of accelerated your success. I wouldn't say necessarily anything's changed within the last year. Okay. Uh, these are habits that are, that are, I guess, have been a part of me for a long time. Uh, one of them we talked about earlier, and I'll, I'll bring these guys up to speed. Um, it's decision making. Okay. Uh, one of the most important things I can do for my summer is before the summer starts, make all of my decisions that I'll have to make or that will come up during the summer. Some of those decisions are, what time will I wake up every day? Will I exercise every day? What kind of foods will I eat every day? And those are some of the lifestyle things. 
But yeah. from the sales side of things, well, guess what? In July and in August, we're going to wake up and it's going to be 120 degrees outside. Yeah. And it would be an easy decision to make on that day that it's 120 degrees. To go to the pool. I want to go to the pool today. Yeah. But if you've already made the decision that every day I am healthy enough to go, I'm going to be on the doors. You're on the doors. It doesn't matter if it's 130. You're on the doors. You also make the decision when you park the car, you get out of the car. Yeah. You don't park the car and text someone, park the car and drive around and I better scope this neighborhood. Scope the area. Oh, that's crap. Never scope area. Just knock it. Oh, Um, I I forgot to go to the gas station for something. Exactly. There's there's plenty of excuses that you can make the decision to make, but if you make the decision just to get out of the car, that's one of the most important decisions too. Yeah. I always say the hardest door is the car door. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I like that. It's even better. Yeah. Yeah, The hardest door is the car door. Yeah. It's true. Um, so what do you do? Like, what are some of the things like your routines that's maybe different that you like, Hey, I wake up, I do this, I do this. What's yours? Absolutely. So first thing I wake up in the morning to my daughter, uh, she wakes me up. She's your alarm clock? She wakes me up about seven, seven thirty every morning. Dad, get up. The sun's out. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I get up, uh, go in the kitchen, make her French toast. Okay. That's what she wants every morning with Nutella. Yeah, my daughter's a dinosaur pancake person. Is she? Okay. <laughs> Daddy, that's not a dinosaur. Like, I tried. <laughs> I, I better not start with that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we make her French toast, get her ready. Uh, after she, While she's eating, I'll go hop in the shower. Uh, well, I'll, I'll shower, get out, get ready for the day, uh, review the training I'm going to give that morning to my guys. Guys will get to my house at about uh, 9 a.m. We'll go through our training. About 10 o'clock, we're out the door on the way to the doors. I typically stop at the gas station, grab an energy drink, because I've found across the years one of my weaknesses is the car door. And so if I can pound an energy drink on the way out to the area, as soon as I'm parked, I'm like ready to get out of the car. And so I don't have to make any excuses, and I've already made my decision, right? So park the car, get right out, get onto my first door, and I I have to be on the first door uh, before 11 o'clock. If I'm not, I'm mad at myself. Typically, it's a sin. It's a big sin, yeah. yeah. And depending on how far the drive is, I give myself that window. So it's like 1045 to 11 o'clock. Uh, knock till 3.30 every day. I take lunch from 3.30 to 4.30, back on the doors right then. And I go till past a little bit past dark. A little bit past dark, cool. Yeah. So how do you maintain your energy throughout that day when really you had a, technically your French toast in the morning or you know what I mean, or whatever, your energy drink, uh-huh. a lunch... Yep. Like, how do you, how do you maintain, like, do you get hungry or do you do, do you pack lunch? You know, in this, this is, I guess, maybe something unique about me. Maybe not. When I'm doing something, I'm 100% there. It's like, you don't even think about food. I don't think about food. I don't even think about the bathroom sometimes. Like as soon as dark hits and I I get back in the car, sometimes I'm about to wet myself because I then realize I need to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Oh, it's wild. So, yeah, it's bad. And so, yeah, I don't think about bathroom. I don't think about water, which I should because I probably get dehydrated sometimes. I don't think about any of those things. It's almost like you just just trained your body to be so focused it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's cool. Um, So what do you believe that you think or like other people would think is insane? Like what what do you believe or think or do that other people might look at it and be like, That is just so weird. Why do you do that? Or why do you think that? Honestly, I don't know that there's really anything that outlandish that I believe. It's just I do a lot of really small and really simple things extremely consistently and extremely well. 
And I think doing those small and simple things so consistently, so diligently, and so well takes me to another level. So it's not, here, I drink this magic potion and I sell 700? No. Because <laughs> a lot of people ask me that. They're like, what's the secret? Like his pitch must be different, yeah. right? And then they no. watch you and what do they notice? That's the same thing I say. Oh, why did, <laughs> why did you do 10 today? Uh, I said the same thing you did. So, so I guess... What what do you think makes like what's your edge like what makes you different if you're doing the same you're saying the same pitch yeah doing those little things yeah why what's the X factor like why do you think some people do 120 in a summer and average that mm-hmm. versus 700 where is your edge uh, I think a lot of it is will like the power of my will is stronger than your power of will that's what I would tell a 120 level rep. So how does somebody find their will? Well, either they find it or they don't. And that's what separates people. Some people want it. Some people are hungry. And some people coast. I'm not someone that's comfortable coasting because I don't know what I'm going to coast into. (laughs) I want to be in control. I want to step on the gas. I want to steer. I want to drive. I need need the power. I think of like... You drop like a balloon in the water in the ocean and it just kind of is like, yeah, <laughs> like, I can't, where's it going to end up? I need a speedboat. Yeah. No, that's yeah. interesting. I like that. Um, so what would you most like to change about yourself or improve on? Where do you feel like, yeah. Hey, I need to get better at this. I'd say organization. I, I'm not extremely well organized and I think that's something that I could work on and definitely build. I think a lot of sales guys have that same weakness. I think you're right. So what do you feel like your biggest strength is as a leader? Now let's kind of go into like leadership. Yeah. Like you are managing 360 people uh-huh. well, in a sense. If you're not organized, it's like, well, wouldn't that just kind of fall apart? Fortunately, I have a lot of people I can delegate to. Yeah. So do you uh, feel which, like that's... Which a, also makes a strong leader. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. that's a strength of yours. It's like you yeah. found... You can't by yourself go to 360. Right. I mean, obviously your phone would be going nuts. You'd be... Yeah. Reps wouldn't have their shirts. They wouldn't be missing. You know what I mean. Right. So what what, yeah. do you, what do you find that's been a strength of yours to to make you a leader that has been able to be capable of managing that many people? So there's a few things. First thing I'd say is that I am willing and aware enough to admit that I am not the smartest guy in the room. I know that my managers and my regional managers under me. I know they have good ideas. I know they're organized. I want to hear what they have to say and I want to implement it. And so I let them. And some of them I just let let loose. I say, do your thing. Let me know how I can help. And I think that that's a quality of a good leader too kind is to power. let their – Exactly. Teach them correct principles. Let them govern themselves, right? Yeah. Uh, another thing that I think helps is to lead from the front lines. Uh, you look at – I'm a big fan of war. <laughs> Not that I want to go to war, but <laughs> How about Trump, Trump history, like, it's like uh, Korea, no. we got some missiles coming. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> uh, I, I love the history of war, uh, okay. war tactics, different things like that. And one of the one of the ages I really like is kind of medieval times. And you'll notice that a lot of the battles that happen when the king's sitting on his throne behind his wall in his castle. How do they fight versus when the king's on the fort, the front front lines with them? Right. Yeah. What's, what's the mentality of the soldiers there when the king's on the front lines? Oh, it's kind of like, well, if he dies, we die. If we die, he dies. Yeah, they're, they're going to go balls out, right? Yeah. Language? Anyway, <laughs> and so that's my idea. Like, will I go around? Will I travel? Will I train? Sure. But guess what? I'm going to knock, too, and I'm going to outperform most of my reps, if not all of them. 
Because if I can do it with all of my responsibilities, then a first-year rep whose only responsibility is himself, why can't he do it too? Yeah. It's kind of like you have literally no excuse. Right. So have you seen it work the other way where you have a leader that's like not willing to knock and somehow go get 360 reps cranking out thousands of – no? Well – I believe that there are leaders that have lots of reps that are not knocking and legitimately they can't. They don't have the time to do it because they don't have the leadership underneath them to delegate to. I'm in a really awesome position because the leadership underneath me is strong. It feels, it feels As like strong, if not stronger than me from a leadership standpoint. Cool. And so there are people that I really look up to, even though I'm technically somehow they're superior. Yeah. Love these guys. Uh, they're awesome. I come to them for advice sometimes. Every once in a while, they'll come to me. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you guys got it figured out. I'll be here when you need me. They're awesome. Cool. Uh, I think big. I think they're they're what has set our region apart. It's why our averages are higher. Uh, there's there's other regions who have just as many reps where the like I said the regional doesn't knock. Um, they do all right. They do fine. Uh, but that regional doesn't have the time to knock because of his, the leadership underneath them. Do you feel like sometimes you might say that as a crutch or do you feel like it's realistic for them? Yeah. Does he make the excuse? Oh, I can't knock cause I got to like figure out housing. I got to figure this out or is it, yeah. or is it in his, his inability to empower? Well, so I think there, it goes two ways. Um, there's one, there's one, so we have a VP of sales that has about as many guys as I do. And, uh, he still goes out for the last two months of the summer and goes ham. Cool. He'll do 300 plus accounts in two months. And so he doesn't use that as an excuse. The first two months of the summer, he literally is traveling every single day, taking his guys on the doors, that kind of stuff. Awesome. Then the last two months, he's on a team and he focuses 100% on the team and his sales. What does that do for your guys? I mean, how do, by showing up that way, mm-hmm. how do the guys then see you different or see that guy different when he goes and throws in 300 accounts in two months or 500 accounts or whatever. It's inspiring. It's absolutely inspiring. And his teams always do really well those last couple months. Yeah. They see yeah. The, they see William Wallace saying, oh, he's about to get dirty. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's holding the yeah. sword. Like, oh, it, yeah. it's wild. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's focus on recruiting. How yeah. did you go from 56 to 360 into... Two years. I mean, every single leader in this industry or aspiring manager would love that. Yeah. So what what, what did you do different? Once again, I have to point point to my leadership underneath me. Cool. Those guys are just awesome. They they have really put time and effort into it, and we've we've got brought some key recruiters in that have just gone absolutely nuts for us. So it's leveraging those strengths of those people. Absolutely. And where have you, you know, finding these key guys that know how to recruit really well, they can go ham, mm-hmm. it kind of alleviates you. Where have you kind of plugged in to really be the value add for those guys? Sales training. Sales training. Yeah. So it's like my strength is sales training. Yep. I know that my weakness is maybe recruiting. Well, your strengths are recruiting. Lights out. But I'm going to help yeah. I'm gonna help you get those guys trained and up to speed and let's go yeah. work together. That's cool. Um, okay. So tips and sales stuff. So... What give us something on the doors? So, for example, you knock a door. What's what, like? How do you deal with no? Right? I'm I'm your customer. Okay. You knock, 
And I'm like, no, nope, dude, not interested. Door to door, we don't buy from door to door. No. What goes through your head? You're talking first thing before I first even speak. thing. You haven't you have said anything, and yeah. I came out guns blazing. Yeah, I just start to chuckle, and then say, I'm probably not who you think I am. You probably think I'm the lawn guy, right? And get them talking with me, and then kind of break down those barriers and those walls a little bit, and then get into my pitch. And so, what do you feel like the biggest weaknesses in most salespeople? They don't the- want. They don't want to inconvenience anybody. They, they have a fear of inconveniencing people. And this is actually a great year for this question to come up because there's a movie, a kid's movie that was just released, Moana. You've oh, seen love it? love it. My, dude, my daughter, every word of every song. She knows and it. I, oh, it's in, the, it's in my, my car. And it's my like favorite it. song is You're Welcome. Oh. Because I have trained my guys for the last, I don't know how many years. I our attitude. Here. Our attitude <laughs> On the doors, as soon as they open it, no matter what the situation is, it's you're welcome. You're welcome I'm here because I've got a great product and I've got a great deal for you. I like that. They wake up. They're like, oh, I was sleeping. Like, oh, I'm jealous. I want a nap too, but you're welcome for being here. You know, that kind of attitude. That's cool. Because uh, I think for most most first-year guys, they're so scared of inconveniencing somebody. Yeah. That if they came to the door and they're like, oh, you woke me up. They're going to shy away and apologize and say, I'm sorry, like, I'll get out of here, go back to sleep, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas I'm okay waking someone up because I literally have the best service I can offer for the best deal, and they're lucky that I'm there. And so it's always a you're welcome attitude. Yeah. Oh, I love Maui. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so what, like, clicked? So your first summer you did 360. 307. 307. Mm-hmm. What... What do you feel like was kind of a turning point where you almost had like a click? You're like, oh, I figured it out. And you mm-hmm. went 307 and eventually you're selling 700. That's more than two times. Yeah. Like what would you attribute that to? Uh, I would say that it goes back to what we talked about originally about decision making. Just made a decision. That decision making allowed me to persevere with more grit than before. Because on those hot 100 plus degree days and 100% humidity days, like in Dallas, Texas, when I would walk out of my apartment at 9 a.m. and be sweating already. You I had wake to, up in a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> I had a decision to make then because I didn't make the decision beforehand. Yeah. And sometimes I would be lazy. Sometimes I wouldn't work. August was always my worst month. So how many days did you take off when you did 700? I don't think I took a day off. How many days did you bagel? One. You did? I did. I mean, it's, it's kind of like in that day, what, what was going through your head? I'm going to kill it tomorrow. Yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> moving on, like, yeah. let's go. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's actually another thing to think about is that, you know, the law of averages, and I think every first-year guy should know about the law of averages, you're going to have really crappy days, and you're going to have really big days, but for the most part, you're going to be very average. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have a lot of average days as well, and so don't get too excited when you have a huge day, and at the same time, don't get too, too depressed when you have a really crappy day. Because in the end, as long as you're putting in the time and the effort, it's all going to average out. And how often is it it's, – it's fairly easy to get caught up in the emotion of oh, yeah. the highs and the lows. And then those lows drag out longer. And then the yeah. high is like more rare. you know. And, and I'd say both of those are negatives. Even yeah. the highs. Oh, they're negative. The highs are a negative. And the reason why is because it gets you on this invisible – or I guess uh, imaginary cloud of excitement that's going to disappear really quickly. Because guess what? 
that happened on Monday, it's Tuesday, you're starting over. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've sold zero today so far. Exactly. And so the best way to be mentally throughout every day and throughout the entire summer is just completely even. You make a sale, you feel the same way as when you get a no. Yep. You're, you're happy, Steady you're Eddie. consistent, kind of tortoise in the hair kind of yep. mentality. Yep. yep. So tell us how you work in neighborhood. How do you manage an area? Are you yep. the kind of guy that's like next door, next door, next door? Do you milk it? Do you... Oh, yeah. Um, how do you do it? I milk it. I milk it, yeah. So say I go into a road, say the neighborhood is made up of Main Street, 1st Street, and 2nd Street. Okay. Uh, I'm going to focus on Main Street first. I'm going to knock only Main Street. Uh, before lunch if I finish Main Street before lunch depending on how much time say there's an hour left before lunch guess what I'm gonna start Main Street over again because there's gonna be some people that came home and uh, by the time that I finished it and go to lunch when I come back I'm gonna have several names of sales that I've made that I can drop just on that one street which is gonna provide me with a lot of I guess uh, what would you call that authentication momentum credibility credibility yeah like name dropping their actual neighbors and so when I get there for my post-lunch knock, I'm, it's going to take me a lot longer to get back through Main Street because with the validity that I've created uh, for myself and name-dropping all the neighbors that I sold in the morning and the high density of customers that I've had on that street, uh, it's just going to take me longer because I'm going to be making more and more sales and having longer conversations with people. Yeah. So and how then, often – How? Oh, sorry, go ahead. And then the next day I'll go to First Street and name-drop everybody from Main Street and so forth and so on. How long does it take you to typically get through an average area before you want to move? Well, that's that's almost impossible to answer because, I mean, your average area could be a do quarter you, mile or a mile. But do you try to do you try to give yourself a bigger area so you can be there longer or you like I just take a little area like. Well, well, once again, that's tough to say because each different industry that sizes of areas like a small area for me may be huge for you. Yeah. And so it's, it's tough to say. Okay. But if I can get into just a neighborhood, mm-hmm. I want to stay in that neighborhood as long as I can. Cool. Milk it. Absolutely. So if I can make it last Monday through Friday, guess what? Saturday, I'm going to go back, Start again. talk to all the people that I missed throughout the week. Cool. No, that's awesome. Um, what advice would you give a rep, maybe something different than we've talked about so far, but what advice would you give a guy that's never done sales? This uh-huh. is his first summer. Yeah. He's shaking in his boots, sure. like driving out to Michigan or wherever he's going. Yeah. If you could give him one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say obsess over training. Become absolutely obsessed about training. Every part of it, from your body language to your paraverbal communication to the actual script. Have three prepared responses for every possible concern. Uh, and know your closing. Don't use the same clothes over and over and over again. Mix up your closes like so it seems smell. fresh every time. So you're through your pitch, um, you've gone through some objections, and then the customer's like, no. What do you hear? I hear you haven't convinced me quite yet. What else have you got for me? 
And so how do you respond typically? Like, let's say you've, you've overcame a couple of concerns. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, what else you got for me kind of thing? Like what would be a question you'd ask or. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're that far along, I'm going to say, what's holding you back? Just kind of straight up. Like, oh yeah. What's holding you back? What what am I missing here? I think that's one of the the reasons that, um, on the doors, people are so comfortable with me is because I shoot straight with them. Mm -hmm. I tell them the hard things. I answer the hard questions very straightforward. I don't circumnavigate any of their questions. And so when we get to that point and they say no, or they give me like a half no, I don't hear no. I hear you haven't convinced me yet. And so if we get, if we're that far into it and they say no, I'll say, okay, what's holding you back? And then, I, and then I respond, well, I just want to shop around before I like switch past, you know, I have a buddy that maybe did it and sure. I just want to kind of like think about it. You know, I don't buy anything spur the moment, you know? Sure. And if this were a mortgage, I would totally understand. You got to do your research. This is bug spray. <laughs> I'm going to take good care of you. I have a complete warranty for your home and I'm going to be your guy. Now, when I'm out here tomorrow, can you leave that back gate unlocked so I can treat that fence line as well? Boom. And you just transition up. Yeah. Love it. Um, how often do you feel guys forget or like the biggest weakness a lot of these new sales guys have is the inability to probably just say, what's holding you back? Yeah. What do you need? What do I need to do for you? Yeah. It's yeah. like, what, what am I missing here? Mm-hmm. Yep. And why do you think reps don't do that? Like what, what stops the rep from doing that? They hear no. When someone says no, they hear no. And then what do they typically do? Walk away. They're like, oh. Okay. <laughs> See ya. See ya. <laughs> like, it, have, I mean, it's, it sounds day. stupid, but is yeah. that not true? It is true. How many people have you literally shadowed, trained, and you're like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? That was a sale. You walked yeah, away. Yeah, you walked away. He's like, yeah. no, but he said no. It's like, no, he didn't. Yeah. He just, you just didn't have him yet. He wanted more. He wanted more, yeah. right? And, yeah. and so how did you train your bo- how did you How did you train yourself to just start hearing what else yeah. you got? Repetition. Repetition. It's like anything, anything in our life that we do. If we want to drop weight, well, with repetition, we need to every single day watch our diet, right? You can't just watch your diet once. Yeah. you got to watch it every day. That's a good point. If you want to get better at running, you don't just want to run, run once. You run every single day. Yeah. If you want to be a great salesperson, you don't just get on the doors your first day and you're great. Well, unless you're an outlier. Um, you get on the doors every single day. Yeah. Repetition. That's how you get better. Cool. And obsessing over training. Okay, so we're going to go through a lightning round. I'm just going to go quick okay. answers. All right. Okay, so what, what makes you a successful salesman? Grit. Book that changed your life? Happiness advantage. Craziest thing that has happened to you on the doors? Mm. Pass. Uh, what skill should every salesman have? Closing. What makes you happy? Progress. What do you see as success? Progress. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does it take to be top in the industry talent obsession with training grit and decision making if you could marry one movie star actress who would it be mm. <laughs> I just I'm made gonna, that one up I'm just go with my wife <laughs> I just tested you on that one sorry I just thought of it favorite cereal Lucky Charms unless I don't have Lucky Charms then it'll be Frosted Mini Wheats with 
Chocolate milk. Ooh, or coconut Soggy milk. or not soggy? No. Okay. Um, Apple or Android? Is that a question? Hey, I get, I'm Android. I get crap for it. Hey, I'm blue. Day. I'm blue through and through. <laughs> Apple. I can't see green. I can't see green. <laughs> what, would, what would you do if you weren't a salesman? I would be always be selling something. But hypothetically, somebody cut your tongue out. I don't know. Like, you can't be a salesman. What would you do? Uh, real estate investor. Real estate investor. Cool. Sales. <laughs> uh, what what gets you stoked? What gets you fired up? Uh, pass. Okay. How do you get on the doors when you're not feeling it? Like, dude, I woke up just dead and I'm like, today's not my day. I already made my decision. Cool. From there. Essential daily activity. Like, don't miss it no matter what. I do this every day. During the summer? No, just every or day. Or the rest of the year? Rest of the year. Gym. Gym. Cool. When is your bedtime? During the summer or the rest of the year? Both. We'll go both. Okay, so during the summer, uh, if I'm not training reps through the night, uh, it's 10.30. The rest of the year, probably midnight. Uh, when do you wake up? <laughs> when, my, when my daughter wakes up. When you yeah. Okay, so it's varies. <laughs> yeah. 7, 7 to 7.30. 7 okay, yeah. cool. Um, what do you listen to to pump yourself up? Like, what's your, what's your music that you pick? So interesting, like during the summer, if we're talking, uh, music kind of brings emotion and anxiety a little bit sometimes. And so I actually avoid music really? during the summer. Do you listen to anything? You just uh, If I do, it's going to be a book on tape or it's going to be uh, a, a sales presentation, something like that. Cool. But for the most part, it's silence or I'm talking to my car partner about their pitch, that kind of stuff. Because I don't want to have... High emotions. Yeah. It's like I, I got fired it. up and then it really was fake. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. If you could pick one word that describes you, what would it be? Consistent. Consistent. Cool. All right. Hey, this ends our interview. Okay. Um, I do really appreciate your time. Absolutely. I know you're obviously busy as heck and it's probably like not easy to be like, oh, I'm going to jet and go do this random interview. But sure. um, I think this is, we've learned a lot. And like, honestly, like I've learned, I, I'm, I'm like, further my education, we'll just meet people like you. So I do appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks.